0: Chapter six of the haunted room by charlotte Maria Tucker. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter six three warnings. You are right, Bruce. It is certainly desirable for you to go down to Wiltshire to-day to make any needful arrangements and prepare for our arrival to-morrow, said mr Trevor to his son on the following morning when the family were at the breakfast table new servants will need verbal directions and you will see to the unpacking of the furniture which i have sent down from this place and to the most suitable disposal of it in the several rooms of Mist court the gentleman rolled up his breakfast napkin and slipped it into its ring your train starts at ten-thirty he added as he rose from his seat is vibert to go with me inquired bruce glancing at his brother who had as usual come down late and was still engaged with his anchovies and muffin "'I do not think Vibert would give you much help,' observed Mr. Trevor. "'No help at all,' exclaimed Vibert quickly. "'It may be just in Bruce's line to order and direct, see so that there are enough of pots and pans in the kitchen, "'meat in the larder, and fires all over the house. "'But as for me—' "'You think it enough to eat the food and to enjoy the fire,' observed the captain dryly. "'And I positively must go to Albert Hall tonight. "'The nerds have asked me to make one of their party, "'and I really could not disappoint them,' continued Vibert it is quite necessary that i should have a little amusement before going to bury myself in the wilds of wiltshire as more the poet sings to-night at least to-night be gay whate'er to-morrow brings that's fair enough observed the indulgent father bruce exchanged a glance with his uncle which conveyed the unuttered thought of both it is scarcely fair that one brother should have all the trouble and the other all the amusement vibert noticed the look and laughed duty first pleasure afterwards that's the motto taught to all good children he cried bruce you are the elder and like to be first so you naturally pair off with duty whilst i am modest enough to be quite contented with pleasure mr trevor smiled at the jest though he shook his bald head in gentle reproof then turning to his brother-in-law he observed edward i have an early engagement in london and must be off to the station i am afraid that i shall not find you here on my return i also start early said the captain "Emmy has ordered the conveyance to be at the door at ten i must therefore wish you good-bye now thank you for my pleasant visit to summer villa and hope next spring to find you all well and happy in your new home the brothers-in-law cordially shook hands and parted mr trevor going off to the station as usual on foot i say bruce observed vibert if you have the settling about the rooms at mist court mind that you give me a good one i like plenty of air and light and a cheerful view no pokey little cabin for me nor an attic at the top of the house long stairs are a terrible bore i shall certainly give my first attention to the accommodation of my father and sister said bruce they never think of themselves a hit at me i suppose cried vibert with unruffled good humor ah that reminds me of our conversation last evening captain have you been hunting up the ghosts in our haunted rooms said the youth as he rose from his place at the breakfast table Arrows replied by drawing forth a memorandum-book from the pocket of his surtout. He unclasped it, and took out from it three minute pieces of paper, neatly folded up, and addressed. "'I am going upstairs to look after my luggage,' said the captain. "'I leave with you.' "'These three private and confidential communications,' cried Vibert, playfully snatching the papers out of his uncle's hand. "'Each one, I see, is directed. Here's yours, Emmy, yours, Bruce, and here is mine.' Captain Arrows did not wait to watch the effect produced by his little missives, but quitted the room to complete preparations for his departure. "'I'm of a frank nature,' said Vibert. "'I don't care if all the world hears my good uncle's opinion of me.' And, unfolding the scrap of paper which he held, the youth read aloud as follows. "'Be on your guard against the pride that repels advice, resents reproof, and refuses to own a fault.' "'I don't recognize my likeness in this photo,' cried the youth. If the portrait had been intended for Bruce, Vibert turned the paper and looked at the back. Sure enough, it is directed to Bruce, and the captain has hit him off to the life. You made the apparent blunder on purpose," said Bruce with ill-suppressed anger, as he took the paper from Vibert and then threw it into the fire. Then, after tossing down on the table the unopened note which had been handed to him first, Bruce Trevor turned on his heel and quitted the apartment stung and nettled stung and nettled does he not wince cried vibert looking after his brother the captain has sure enough laid his finger on the sensitive spot i am so much vexed at your having read that private paper aloud said Emmy. it was never intended that we should know its contents it told us nothing new observed vibert bruce's pride is as plain as the nose on his face only like the nose it is too close to him too much a part of himself for him to see it bruce is a noble unselfish generous fellow "'cried Emmy. "'Vibert cared little to hear his brother's praises. "'What is in your tiny paper?' he asked, "'after he had glanced at his own. "'Why, Emmy, you look surprised at what our uncle has written. "'Tell me, just tell me what lurking mischief "'the sharp-eyed mentor has ferreted out in you. "'Some concealed inclination to commit burglary or manslaughter?' "'I do not quite understand what my uncle means,' said Emmy, "'gazing thoughtfully upon the little missive "'which she had opened and read.' I could explain it, I could make it clear, just let me see what the oracle has written, cried Vibert with mirth and curiosity, sparkling in his handsome dark eyes. I'll tell you in return, Emmy, what he has put in my scrap of paper. Beware of selfishness. Sure, but not sweet, and rather unjust. I am thoughtless and gay. I care not who says that much. But as for being selfish, it's a slander, an ungenerous slander. Perhaps our uncle has again laid his finger on a sensitive spot, observed Emmy with a smile but one so gentle that it could not offend. "'I want to know what the fault-firinger lays to your charge. What solemn admonition has called up the roses on those fair cheeks?' cried the younger brother. And, throwing one arm round Emmy, with his other hand, Vibert possessed himself of the paper of the scarcely resisting girl, sharing her surprise as he glanced at the two words written upon it. Those words were, "'Conquer Mistrust.' "'Mistrust of whom or what?' cried Vibert. "'The Oracle has propounded a kind of enigma.' as you are going to take a tete-a-tete drive with the captain you will have an opportunity of getting an explanation of your paper as for mine it goes after Bruce's into the fire vibert suited the action to the word about half an hour afterwards the conveyance which was to take captain arrows from summer villa was driven up to the door Emmy was ready as arranged to accompany her uncle part of the way john handed up his luggage to be disposed of on the coach box Vibert came to the door to see the guest depart, and bid him farewell. "'I'll show him,' said the youth to himself, "'that I bear him no grudge for a warning that was not very necessary, and certainly not polite.' "'Good-bye, Captain,' said Vibert, as he shook hands with his uncle. "'Come to Court next spring, and you and I will make a raid on the haunted chamber.' "'Where is Bruce? I have not wished him good-bye,' said the captain, pausing when he was about to hand his niece into the carriage. "'Bruce!' called the clear voice of Emmy, as she ran back to the bottom of the staircase, to let her brother know that the guest was on the point of departing. "'Bruce!' shouted Vibert with the full strength of his lungs. There was no reply to either summons, and Emmy suggested that her brother might have gone out, not remembering that the carriage had been ordered so early. After a few minutes' delay, Arrows handed her into the carriage with the words, "'You will bid Bruce good-bye for me.' none so deaf as those who won't hear muttered vibert when the vehicle had rolled from the door bruce heard us call but he is in a huff It did not choose to appear he repels advice resents reproof and yet won't believe that he is proud no more perhaps than i believe that i am selfish End of chapter six